Good morning, dear brothers and sisters in Christ. Happy Lord's Day. Happy Valentine's Day. And happy President's Day coming up on Monday. This is one weekend where we have two holidays, one on Sunday and one on Monday. It doesn't happen that often where they fall that way, but it does this year. We thank Taylor for her beautiful song that she sang this morning. Isn't it wonderful to know we're not guilty? We're not condemned. He loves us so much. And He knows us, and yet He loves us. That's the amazing miracle of His love, that He died for us on the cross to save us so that we could be with Him forever and ever. Next Sunday, our dear brother Adel will be our speaker, and he'll be bringing the message from the Word of God. Following that Sunday will be our dear brother Brad. We're thankful that we once again have the opportunity to look into the Word of God. We're still not able to meet physically together, but online we have the messages on Sunday and the devotions on Monday by Sylvia and Wednesday by Adel, and we're thankful for them. Let's pray for them. They both got their first shots of the COVID-19 vaccine, so we're thankful for them. Uh, but they need a lot of prayer for healing and comforting and strengthening, so let's pray for them as we thank the Lord so much for their lives and their ministry. Shall we just open in a word of prayer? Our blessed Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you that in the middle of a pandemic, we can still have the messages from the word of God. We can have the music, and we thank you for the Zoom uh, Sunday school and youth groups and activities that we still have. We give you thanks, Lord, for preserving us and protecting us and guiding us all during this time. Lord, we know that nothing happens by accident or by chance in our lives, and we thank you that you do take care of us and pray that you'll keep each one healthy and well at this time and safe. And Lord, we just pray that you will hide me behind the cross. We pray that the word spoken will be from you, Lord, and will touch every heart. And we thank you and praise you in Jesus' precious name. Amen. You know, the Lord Jesus spoke quite a bit about fruit and quite a bit about fruitfulness in the Gospels. And the Apostles also carried on that same theme in quite a few passages of Scripture. You know, I love fruit. I love to pick out the fruit myself. I don't like to have anyone pick my fruits for me. I like to pick them out. But even in spite of that, every once in a while I'll get a bad fruit. Maybe a bad apple, something's wrong with it, or a bad orange, because I eat apples and oranges every day. But in the New Testament, we as Christians are to be fruitful. We are to be fruit-bearing Christians in our lives. It's a demonstration that we're growing in Christ and bearing fruit for His glory. Fruit-bearing takes a lot of effort. As you look into the horticultural world and you see how people grow all these apples and oranges and bananas and cantaloupes and strawberries and all the different kinds of fruit, and I love them all, they're all wonderful. But it just goes to show that it takes a lot of effort to grow fruit and to produce it. 
and it's produced here in California more than any other state. We have more fruits and vegetables in the state of California than any other state in the Union, maybe any other country uh, in, of that as well. It's, it's amazing. It's beautiful. The title of our message today is Being Fruitful for Christ. I think all of us want to be fruitful, and we want to be more fruitful, and we want to be a blessing to others. And so as we grow in our Christian walk, we want to produce that fruit that is pleasing to our Lord. The definition of the word fruitful is bearing much fruit, producing much, productive, prolific, producing results, profitable. You know, when Tom Brady moved from the New England Patriots to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and took over the quarterback position there, there were expectations, high expectations, but not everyone really thought that in the first year that Tom Brady would be quarterback of the team, that he would lead them to the Super Bowl championship. He is the greatest of all time. I hate to say it because Joe Montana is my favorite quarterback, but I think I have to hand it to Tom Brady seven Super Bowls in ten tries. And it's amazing, the team they put together, and they won it all. He was producing fruit. He was productive. It's amazing. And he brought along Gronkowski with him, and he brought along other people that wanted to play there in Tampa Bay, and they did it and they won the game. And it was a good game. It was a good game. And I enjoyed watching it very much. And I predicted it. It's amazing that there are 75% of the experts, and they had a poll of all these different experts, predicted Kansas City to win that Super Bowl. Well, I was among the 25. <laughs> there was experts, only 25% predicted that, that Brady and company would, would do the job even playing in their home stadium. But they did. And to get there, I predicted that they would beat Washington. I predicted they would beat New Orleans. I predicted they would beat Green Bay, although I had a little doubts on that, but I still predicted that. And then I predicted they would beat Kansas City, despite Mahomes and all the great players they have. And they really played a great game. But in the spiritual life, it's important for us to be producers, to produce fruit, to bear fruit for the kingdom of God while we're here on this earth. Let's read together today from John chapter 15, verses 1 through 10. John chapter 15 and verse 1. I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that bears fruit, that it may bear, he prunes, that it may bear more fruit. You are already clean because of the word which I have spoken to you. Abide in me, and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine. Neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit, for without me you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is cast out as a branch 
and is withered, and they gather them and throw them into the fire, and they are burned. If you abide in me, and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire, and it shall be done for you. By this my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit, so you will be my disciples. As the Father loved me, I also have loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. May God bless the reading of his word to our hearts this morning. We're going to look at three things from this passage briefly today. Number one, fruitfulness requires pruning. Secondly, and that's in John chapter 15, verse 2. Secondly, fruitfulness requires abiding. We need to abide in Christ, and he needs to abide in us. And third, fruitfulness requires obedience. We can't be fruitful if we're not fully obedient and surrendered to the Lord. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 7 and verses 16 to 20, some similar things where he said, you will know them by their fruits. Do men gather grapes from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? Even so, every good tree bears good fruit, but a bad tree bears bad fruit. A good tree cannot bear bad fruit, nor can a bad tree bear good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Therefore, by their fruits, you will know them. That is so very true. Therefore, by their fruits, you will know them. There are those who claim to be Christians, and yet their lives are anything but a Christian life. Yes, by their fruits, you will know them. Fruitfulness can only take place in the life of a saved person. Otherwise, the tree is bad. If you're unsaved and you don't know the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior, there is no way you can bear good fruit in God's eyes. But when we are saved, we can bear good fruit, and we want to bear more fruit, and we want to bear much fruit. And one of the keys to bearing fruit is pruning. Now, pruning is a process of trimming back the branches of a tree and so that that tree that's fruitful will bring forth more fruit. Now, it is a painful process for the tree to have the branches cut back like that, but in the long run, it is a good thing for that tree because that tree will produce more and better fruit as a result of the pruning but it is a painful process. And in our lives, as those who are producing fruit for the kingdom of God, it is painful for us in the things that we go through in life. Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 11 says this, Now no chastening seems to be joyful for the present, but painful. Nevertheless, afterward it yields the peaceable fruit of righteousness to those who have been trained by it. We need chastening. We need disciplining. We need trials in our lives and difficulties in order for us to grow. It's a painful process, but it's, 
It's needed. God looks at the long view. He looks at what he's doing in our lives and how he wants us to bear fruit for him. And so he is not in any big hurry when he works in our lives and he wants us to grow and he wants us to produce fruit. In the parable of the four soils, only the seed that fell on the fourth soil, which was the good ground, produced fruit. None of the other three produced anything at all. In Matthew chapter 13 and verse 23, it says of that good, good, good ground, good seed, it says, but he who receives seed on the good ground is he who hears the word and understands it, who indeed bears fruit and produces, some a hundredfold, some sixty, some thirty. I was thinking as I was preparing this message that I want to be a hundredfold Christian. I want to be a fruitful Christian for the Lord. I want to be fruitful and productive every day of my life. I pray in the morning that I'll be a blessing and that I will serve the Lord and that I will grow in Him and, and be in His will. And then at the end of the day, I thank Him. I thank Him for the day and go over the things that I did and, and, and thank the Lord for allowing me to do it. Paul, in writing to the Colossians, made it very clear how important this fruitfulness is. He says that you may walk worthy of the Lord, being fully pleasing to Him, being fruitful in every good work, and increasing in the knowledge of God. Godly Christians are fruitful for the kingdom of God, and it's very important. And God looks more at our availability than He does at our ability and he looks more at our faithfulness than he does about our, our talents and, and that type of thing. God is responsible for the results. We are just responsible to be faithful and to be fruitful in his service. Joseph is, is in a great example of fruitfulness under adverse conditions. Jacob said of him in Genesis chapter 49, verses 22 to 24, Joseph is a fruitful bough, a fruitful bough by a well. His branches run over the wall. The archers have bitterly grieved him, shot at him and hated him. But his bow remained in strength, and in the arms of his hands were made strong by the hands of the mighty God of Jacob. From there is the shepherd, the stone of Israel. Yes, Joseph went through much adversity. He was sold into slavery by his brothers. He was taken as a slave by Potiphar. He was then falsely accused by Potiphar's wife and thrown into prison. But with all that he went through, he was fruitful in his affliction. He was fruitful in his adversity. Yes, he went through much pain and hardship, but God raised him up to be the prime minister of Egypt. Yes, we need the difficulties, we need the trials, we need these things to help us to be fruitful. We can't be fruitful without the Lord. Secondly, 
not only is fruitfulness requires pruning, but fruitfulness also requires abiding. And this is very important because Jesus said in John chapter 15 and verse 5, I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit, for without me you can do nothing. We can't say in our own flesh, in our own strength, in our own ability, I'm going to be fruitful today. I'm going to do this for the Lord and this for the Lord and that for the Lord. No, everything we do for Him, in order to be fruitful, we need His help. We can't do anything without the Lord. He says, without me, you can do nothing. He doesn't say we can do some things, but not others. He says you can do absolutely nothing apart from me in the spiritual life. So many people try to live the Christian life in their own strength, and it doesn't work, and they're not fruitful. But we know that when we trust the Lord and honor Him and obey Him, He will make us fruitful. But we need to abide in Him. We need to have that close, intimate, personal relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. Not only when we get saved, but in our Christian walk every day, walking closely with the Lord. Yes, to be fruitful, we must abide in Christ. The hymn writer Henry F. Light wrote, Abide with me, fast falls the eventide. The darkness deepens, Lord, with me abide. When other helpers fail and comforts flee, help of the helpless, oh, abide in me. Yes, there's no fruit in the branches. No fruit in the branches. And we are the branches. The only way to have fruit is for the vine to flow through to the branches, and then there will be the fruit. We can do nothing apart from the Lord. Yes, we're weak, we're frail, and yet if we want to be a blessing and we want to be fruitful, we have to acknowledge that. The Lord Jesus says in John chapter 15 and verse 16, He says this, You did not choose Me, but I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit, and that your fruit should remain, that whatever you ask the Father in My name, he may give you. Yes, we have to acknowledge that we can do nothing without the Lord. The great preacher and author Andrew Murray once said, the Christian often tries to forget his weakness and to be freed from it. God wants us to rest and even rejoice in it. The Christian mourns over his weakness Christ teaches his servant to say, I take pleasure in his weaknesses and in his infirmities. Most gladly will I glory in my infirmities. The Christian thinks his weaknesses are his greatest hindrance in life and the service of God. God tells us that it is the secret of strength and success. It is our weakness, heartily accepted and continually realized, that gives our claim and access to the strength of Him 
who has said, my strength is made perfect in weakness. James Hudson Taylor once observed, the branch of the vine does not worry and toil and rush here to seek sunshine or there to find rain. No, it rests in union and, and communion with the vine. And at the right time and in the right way, it is the right fruit found on it. Let us so abide in the Lord Jesus. John chapter 2 and verse 28 tells us, And now little children, abide in Him, that when He appears we may have confidence and not be ashamed before Him at His coming. So we've seen so far today that fruitfulness requires pruning. And secondly, we have seen fr that fruitfulness requires, it requires the faith, faithfulness of the Lord in His work. It requires abiding in Christ. And third, we're going to see now that fruitfulness requires obedience. In John 15 and verse 10, John 15.10 says, If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments, and abide in His love. Love and obedience go together hand in hand. If we love the Lord, we're going to obey Him. And when we obey Him, we're going to show our love for Him. We need to to not doubt Him or question Him or why He's allowing certain things in our lives at certain times, we need to be thankful because He's using all these circumstances and trials and difficulties in our lives to make us more fruitful for His kingdom. Reminds me when the Israelites sent spies into the Promised Land to check out the land and they brought back samples of the land of Canaan from some of the fruit. They brought back such tremendously big fruits from the land, they, they couldn't believe it. It was so amazing. They had to carry them with a pole because they were so heavy, so big, and so luscious. Yes, if we want to be fruitful, we must be obedient. We must obey the Lord with a complete surrender and commitment. I read a, an amazing story recently here of a man named Pierre Barlow, who was a gunner in the fort of Montverin during the Prussian siege of Paris. One day he was standing by his gun when General Noel, the commander, came up and leveled his glass at the Sevres Bridge. Gunner, he said, do you see that Sevres Bridge over there? Yes, sir and that little shanty in a thicket of shrubs to the left? I see it, sir, said Pierre, turning pale. It's a nest of Prussians. Try it with a shell, my man. Pierre turned paler still. He sighted his piece deliberately, carefully, then fired. Well hit, my man, well hit, exclaimed the general. But as he looked at Pierre, he was surprised to see a great tear running down the gunner's cheek. What's the matter, man? Pardon me, oh my general, said Pierre. 
It was my house. Everything I had in the world. Amazing. That's obedience. Can you imagine that if somebody was to tell you, you have to, sh- you have to blow up that house and it's your house. Amazing. Praise God, the Lord doesn't ask us to do anything destructive like that. But praise God, He may ask us to do things that are very difficult to do and we need to do them. Whatever the Lord says, we need to do it. That's what Mary said in Cana of Galilee at the, at the uh, wedding that Jesus and His disciples went to. They had no wine. They ran out of wine. And Jesus' mother said to the servants in John chapter 2 and verse 5, Whatever He says to you, do it. And then Jesus turned the water into wine, and it was a beautiful thing. Yes, we need to be obedient. James T. White has said that perhaps the most effective illustration of obedience is the reply of George Washington's mother that she made at a banquet given to the Allied officers after the surrender of Lord Cornwallis. A distinguished French officer asked Washington's mother how she managed to rear such a splendid son. She replied, I taught him to obey. Oh, you parents out there, you homeschoolers, you you wonderful mothers that are raising your kids and fathers that are raising your kids, remember that. I taught him to obey. I taught her to obey. And they will. So let's remember today that fruitfulness to Christ is the most important thing we can do. It's good to be productive in our jobs. It's good to be productive in our schools, in our classrooms, or remote learning now and and so forth. It's, It's important, very important, very good. It's very good. But it's even more important to be fruitful for the Lord Jesus Christ in our lives so that we can look back in our lives and say, thank you, Lord, for helping me to be a fruitful servant. Yes, there's three keys to fruitfulness that we've looked at today. It requires pruning, and pruning is painful, but it's good for the tree, it's good for the fruitfulness, and it's good in our lives as well. And fruitfulness also requires abiding. We have to abide in Christ because without Him, we can do nothing. Whenever we do anything for the Lord, we need to pray about it. We need to ask Him for His help, for His guidance, for His strength. We need to stay close to the Lord and be aware of the temptations of the world around us. And third, we need to remember that fruitfulness requires obedience. Whatever the Lord says to us, we need to do it. He wants us to be hundredfold Christians. He wants us to bear fruit. He wants us to bear fruit, more fruit, and much fruit. And one day we're going to enter into the pearly gates of heaven, and the Lord is going to say to us, Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful. You have been fruitful. You have been fervent. And He's going to reward us for all that we've done. And just as Jesus was faithful to the Father, and fruitful in all that he did while he was here on earth, 
He wants us to do the very same thing. And he wants us to serve him faithfully and fruitfully every day of our lives. Shall we just close in a word of prayer? Our Heavenly Father, we're challenged today by your word. Lord, we want to be fruitful and we want to be more fruitful. We want to be fruitful to the max. Lord, we want to touch lives of people around us in our families, in our neighborhoods, in our workplaces, in different schools we would go to. And wherever we are, Lord, we want to be a blessing. In order to be fruitful, we have to be pruned. We know that. We also have to abide in you. We know that. And we also have to be obedient to you. Please help us, Lord, as we go on in our Christian walk. And we can't wait till we get back to church. We can be all together again. Please expedite it, Lord. Please speed on the process. And we pray that everyone will be able to get the vaccine as quickly as possible. And we thank you and praise you in Jesus' precious name. Amen.